Hello and welcome to Just the Facts. This is your host, Tashnika Bryant. So I thought that we would go over the final presidential debate uh, that aired last night. Uh, as we all know, the first presidential debate was quite cantankerous. Um, Trump was very unhinged and erratic and was continuously interrupting uh, Vice President Biden to the point where we really didn't get to hear much of anything um, throughout that debate. It was a lot of personal attacks, but there really wasn't a lot of policy or information that we could really use to garner a specific difference between policies and plans to move forward between uh, the current administration and a future Biden administration. Um, not too long after that, Trump was diagnosed with COVID. So consequently, because the second debate was going to be a town hall style and the debate commission thought it prudent to have a virtual debate, Trump, for whatever reason, uh, was not willing to do a virtual debate. So Biden and Trump um, both held town halls. Um, so now we're into our final debate uh, that aired last night. So last night's debate was very different. Uh, Trump was not as unhinged. He seemed to be very managed and very under control. Um, and I would attest that that would be to a few things, probably due to his um, very bad polling numbers and the fact that the debate commission actually made changes to the rules to accommodate his erratic behavior by actually having to mute the mics um, of the debaters, which is something that's never happened um, to my knowledge in the history uh, of us having these presidential debates. Um, but it, it was a lot better. We, we were able to understand policies and platforms and, and we were able to hear um, the differing messages and narratives. Um, so what I wanted to do is just kind of explain the different things that I saw that were important. Um, some things we're going to go a little in depth on that I think um, definitely needed um, a little bit more explanation so that we're all clear pertaining to what is happening and what we can expect uh, pertaining to what their platforms are. Now, at this point in time, over 40 million Americans have already cast their ballots. Um, so those that were viewing the debate, um, a good large majority of them have already voted. So this debate was more or less a formality and not really less. They're not really like a, a normal um, election where most people are waiting to vote on election day. Most people have already cast their ballots. But nevertheless, we're just going to kind of dive in here. Um, one of the things that I thought was quite interesting is uh, Trump asserted that there's going to be a vaccine available within weeks, um, yet he was not able to state when, where, or by whom. Um, and we'll definitely delve into that a little later. Um, 
He is demanding that schools need to open up, um, stating that we cannot keep the country closed. Um, Biden's rebut to that was simply to state that we as a country and we um, speaking as people in the legislative branch, you know, congressmen, senators, the president, um, the cabinet, stating that they could walk and chew gum at the same time. And in order for the schools to be able to open, we have to make sure that we provide them uh, the necessary resources to be able to open up safely and effectively. Noting that Trump shot down um, a bill that would have allowed for PPE to be distributed um, to schools for their, you know, for their ventilations systems, uh, mask shields, uh, plastic, you know, the 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 guards, um, all those things to try to minimize uh, the spread. Being able to have smaller classrooms, all of those resources are things that Trump is refusing to provide them. Um, and, and even cited, I think it was right before he himself um, came down with the coronavirus, he, he cited that it, we weren't in an, in an emergency. So stating that um, being in the midst of a global pandemic with over 200,000 Americans dead with an even larger number still projected to, be, to succumb to the virus uh, was not an emergency. Um, they also had a discussion regarding election security, which is a big deal right now, because, of course, the CIA and the FBI just came out with a um, they, they did a press conference stating that there was hacking happening from the Russian side and from um, Iran. Right. And um, initially it was thought that the Proud Boys had been sending out intimidating emails, but it was really. Iran posing as the Proud Boys that were sending out intimidating letters. Now, we all know, based on the investigations that took place and based on our own intelligence um, from the FBI and the CIA, that the Russians did successfully get into our elections um, for whatever reason, because I assume because the they were hacking into the elections to favor Trump. And to disfavor the Democrats, he didn't feel that it was necessary to put up the proper safeguards to address this issue. Understanding that we do have technology at our disposal right now uh, that would prohibit them from being able to penetrate our systems. But the president will not give the go ahead to allow that to happen. So we find ourselves four years later in the exact same security scenario that we were in in 2016 because there have been no steps taken um, to either punish those who were involved in the hack or to provide additional technological safeguards that would block um, that type of intrusion. So Biden uh, was basically asked, what would he do um, to dissuade this type of behavior and how would he handle it um, now that we know that this behavior is taking place yet again? 
And he said um, he would end the threat uh, to our country and anyone who interferes would pay a price. Um, he said in, to interfere with our elections is to interfere with our sovereignty. Um, and he said that he doesn't understand why Trump is unwilling to take on Putin, um, but he would have no problem taking on Putin and, or Iran because he asserted that they know who he is and he's already been in that position before to put sanctions and really take on people who are doing things that violate you know, any of the treaties or laws or anything to that nature. Um, so I, I thought that was very interesting that we touched on on that. Um, Trump accused Biden of taking uh, foreign foreign money, um, which, of course, Biden uh, vigorously denied. Um, there is no proof to to that. And again, we will go further into that momentarily. Um, of course, the big question surrounding Trump is always the taxes. You know, why won't you release the taxes? And then, of course, we know there there were portions that have been released that were obtained. And that's how we learned that with his federal taxes, he only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars, um, which is just crazy um, when you think that people who are making under $40,000 a year are paying are paying more in taxes than someone who is a self-proclaimed billionaire. Um, when kind of potent prodded regarding that, he yet again told us that he's still being audited, um, which is very interesting. This is the longest audit in, in the history of, of audits, I, I would gather. Um, understanding that the IRS does not prohibit you from releasing one's taxes just because you are being audited. So that is just a lie that he continues to perpetuate uh, that has no basis. Um, he also stated something very interesting that he he prepays his his taxes. So that that was also uh, different, um, was not aware that, uh, one could prepay one's taxes. Um, some other things that were brought up, you know, in regards to the coronavirus and the relief, uh, the fact that every other developed nation, um, whether you're looking at New Zealand, you're looking at um, Australia, you're looking at France, you're looking at our, our neighbors, Canada, uh, you're looking at uh, Britain, you know, they have all, all of them, Italy, all of them have provided some type of relief. Um, I, I know France just passed a bill maybe about a month ago that gave all their for their furloughed employees that were furloughed as a result directly because of the coronavirus, 80% of their salary. And they passed this bill that would guarantee them that and up into the new year. Um, so we are the only developed nation that is for some reason having a hard time wrestling 
with understanding um, that a disaster that has been bung just totally mishandled um, by this administration, um, being that it is now affecting people through no fault of their own, that it is the government's responsibility to look after their citizens. Um, so as we know, Congress has done what they're supposed to do. They've passed a few bills, um, you know, one of them being the HEROES Act. And they did that at, in the beginning of the summer. Yet Mitch McConnell, uh, he stated, let them go bankrupt. You know, speaking of the states. Um, and there's no money coming to people. So we have uh, small businesses that are, that are being affected, um, which is going to greatly impact our economy because some of those businesses, we will never be able to get them back. Uh, Trump was saying, stating that there's a big bailout for Democratic states because um, he's always trying to draw this division and comparison uh, between red states and blue states as if we're not all a part of America. Um, and VP Biden stated, he said that he sees states not as red or blue states, but he sees us all as American states. Um, so essentially stating that, you know, <laughs> we need to get a bailout and it is not, uh, you know, Congress under Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House can only do so much because they are a co-equal branch of, of government. Yet we have Mitch McConnell, who is uh, the Senate Majority Leader, who thinks it makes more sense to ram through a Supreme Court justice than it does to provide relief and assistance and aid for our citizens. Um, so that's where we are with that standstill. Joe Biden states that he supports a $15 minimum wage. And he really did an excellent job of stating how you have first responders, you know, like ambulance workers, you know, these, these people, you know, some of them are only making nine or 10 bucks an hour, you know, um, and that's not a living wage, you know, no one should be working a full-time job and still be in poverty level. Um, so they differed on that, of course, because Trump said um, that the $15 should basically be dictated state by state. So as a state option, if the state decides that they want to do it. But then he flipped in the like same sentence and said that he would consider it in his next term. So I'm not quite sure if he supports it or if he doesn't support it. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're working a full-time job, you should be paid um, a living wage and you shouldn't be forced to um, work multiple jobs or you know, be living out of food pantries because you're living in a state that refuses to pay you even some of your worth. 
So um, they discussed the zero tolerance policy, um, which is definitely a sore spot for me and in particular um, because it was such a vile, um, inhumane, sadistic, just disgusting, evil policy. Um, and that policy goes to these people who are seeking asylum because they're literally trying to escape from drug lords and violence and just all kinds of just the worst type of situations. And they come to America and um, they have their children ripped from them. And um, the youngest child on record that was um, separated from the parents was a four month old baby that was literally nursing on its mother. Um, so we all know at this point that they've come out and stated that there's uh, 500 children, uh, could be a little more, uh, 500 and some change of children who they cannot locate parents. And it's a funny thing when you separate babies and toddlers, they're not at the point of recognition uh, to really understand who their parents are. Um, so when you couple that with being separated for three years, um, yeah, they're having a big problem because they were not um, keeping up with who the children belong to. They were not making sure that they had proper tracing and, and proper paperwork to go along with the children and with the parents and keeping um, up with any of that. So now they have a situation where they don't know where these children belong. Um, so Trump asserted that the kids didn't come through with their parents, but they came through with coyotes and cartels. And for those of you who don't know who, what the coyotes are, they are people who are paid to uh, take the people who are fleeing through the trail to get to America. That's, and they're called coyotes. Um, and that's just simply not true. And uh, Joe Biden called him on that. He said they came with their parents um, because they did. Um, and they were ripped from their parents. Um, of course, they talked, they touched on race. Um, he, Trump continuously uh, pushes this lie on Joe Biden where he states that he called, um, he said the term super predators and he never said that. That was actually Hillary Clinton um, and she was at a press conference and she used the terminology super predators. Uh, Joe Biden never did. Um, he also was hammering him on the 1994 crime bill. Now, the 1994 crime bill also had the assault weapons ban in it. It also had the um, Violence Against Women Act, Women's Act. Um, there was a lot of things in that one bill. And um, it was in the middle of the crack epidemic. And there was a 
young man who um, happened to overdose and he was like a, some type of uh, sports he was in. He was a, in a, a athlete. And so it got it was very widely known and publicized. And that's when um, a lot of people jumped on board with this crime bill. And we have to note, to be fair to VP Biden, it wasn't just he who supported it. It was unanimous support of women, of men, of all races. We you, you had uh, almost the entirety of the Black Caucus that supported that bill. You had ministers who were campaigning for for that bill. You you had a a consensus amongst people in 1994 that this bill was correct and this bill was right. Um, Joe Biden has since then stated that the crime bill that really helped with the mass incarceration of people um, who really had a drug problem and they should have been placed in a rehab facility. And he has acknowledged that over and over again. And, and he worked. Um, he didn't just say that it was wrong. He worked to exonerate, I think, when when he was in office with uh, President Obama, they worked to overturn 1,000 um, 1, sentences that were as a result of that crime bill. Um, so he has definitely, um, I guess you could say, paid his penance. Um, and I just get really sick and, and tired of of hearing Trump try to twist it and um, trying to act as if uh, VP Biden hasn't taken direct accountability because he most definitely has. Um, President Trump stated that Black Lives Matter was a symbol of hate. Um, and that, uh, that was an issue um, because it's not a symbol of hate at all. And it goes back to a protest that was happening as a result of Eric Gardner, um, who we know was choked to death for selling uh, loose uh, cigarettes um, by means of an illegal chokehold. He was murdered. There was a big protest and there was an offshoot of people there that were not associated with Black Lives Matter. Nobody from Black Lives Matter knew or knows who these people are to to this day, who were saying uh, something to the effect of uh, Burnham like Burnham like bacon and fry them up pigs in a blanket or something to that regard. But that had nothing to do uh, with Black Lives Matter. And that's why. 45 is saying uh, it's a symbol of of hate. And that's just not accurate. Um, had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, 40, uh, uh, President Trump also stated that o Obama uh, told him that we were going to war with North Korea, which is inaccurate. He was never told that. Um, and it was interesting because during the exchange 
Trump was talking about anything and everything except for Joe Biden. He's talking about his son, Hunter Biden. He's talking about Hillary Clinton. He's 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 talking about President Obama. And it was just so he was so all over the place with his accusations that uh, VP Biden actually had to stop and remind him, you know, you're, you're not running against Barack Obama. You're not running against Hillary Clinton. You're not running against my son. You're running against me like, you know, because he he was just he was all over the place. Um, and just off of just off of the beginning of the exchange, I just wanted to touch on some some things that were uh, complete lies. Um, there's no cure for COVID-19. He's saying that there's a cure there. There is no cure. Um, we do have the worst mortality rate globally of anybody. Um, we do have the worst COVID outbreak of anybody because he was saying that he's handled it so well and he's getting all these congratulations from other countries and, and, uh, I don't see how, um, he keeps stating that we're rounding the corner, um, even though we're headed into our third peak, which is predicted to be one of the most deadly. Um, he continues to say that his meeting with Gold Star families is where he contracted uh, the coronavirus, which, again, is not accurate. Um, he's also stating that teachers have a low infection rate when it comes to being effect- infected by their students. That is also a lie. Um, he's saying that the COVID outbreaks um, are mostly happening in blue states when, in fact, it is red states. But that shouldn't even matter because at the end of the day, we're all Americans and wherever the outbreak is happening, it should be important, no matter if that's a Democrat, a democratically run state or a Republican run state. It doesn't matter. Um, Dr. Fauci is not a Democrat because he tries to say that as as if to say this is why um, there's a contradiction. Um, and of course, one of the biggest lies seeing that um, coyotes brought the children, the, uh, the children over, uh, which is again, also not true. Um, he also said that the kids were very, very well taken care of, which is documented that that is not true. These children, um, were in prison camps. Um, unfortunately, um, it's literally no different than concentration camps, um, whatsoever. Um, and uh, he's also saying that they're working very hard to try to find the parents. Um, but that's highly unlikely given that they don't have any information on the parents. So where, how, how are you connecting dots when you have no information and the children are not old enough to be able to recollect or even verbalize to tell you anything regarding the parents, even if they were able to garner up some type of memory from three years ago? Uh Biden did call his actions with the zero tolerance policy criminal. And I was very glad um, that he 
said that that he let he he let them he he let it be known how he felt and you could definitely see the emotion on his on his face um as he spoke in that moment it wasn't as if he was speaking as a candidate in that moment i could see the emotion of a father and a grandfather that was just very torn apart um by this just sickening and despicable and disgusting inhumane action taken against the most vulnerable of us children um another situation that they touched on another topic that they touched on um when it comes to who pays tariffs is it china or the taxpayers because he's always trump is always stating that china is paying um the tariffs um Trump responding to a question about confronting China said the country is paying billions and billions of dollars to the U.S. and suggested this was money that his administration has used to bail out American farmers. Biden interjected to say that was taxpayer money going to the farmers. So who's paying for the tariffs um, upon the fact check? It states uh, we fact checked it and Biden is right. Taxpayers are paying. Um, it is not China uh, that is paying. Um, so that's very important. Uh, tariffs are taxes on goods coming in to the U.S. paid by the importer. Those taxes are largely tracked onto the purchase price paid by American consumers tariffs are designed to make foreign made goods more expensive boosting domestic producers or sometimes uh, forcing international exporters to slash prices to stay competitive but there's no evidence china has been cutting prices to accommodate trump's tariffs and that's and there's clear evidence that american families are picking up the tab he also there was uh, another situation where it says do 99.9 percent of young people and 99 percent of people recover from COVID-19. Trump said Thursday that 99.9 percent of young people recover from COVID-19 and that 99 percent of people recover from the virus. Uh, neither statistic is true. Last month, a research paper published in JAMA uh, in Internal Medicine found that among more than 3,200 adults ages 18 to 34 who were hospitalized with the disease, 21% required intensive care, 10% required medical ventilation, and nearly 3% died. Of those who survived, 3%, 99 patients had to be discharged to another healthcare facility to continue their recoveries. The claim that 99% of people infected with COVID-19 recover is also false. There have been 8.4 million confirmed COVID-19 infections in the U.S. and more than 224,000 deaths from the virus. So... There we have it. Um, did Biden get 3.5 million from Russia? Remember, we kind of touched on that earlier where Trump was stating he was, you know, asserting that uh, 
Biden had received some type of foreign monies. Uh, Trump, as a part of a lengthy string of unverified allegations about Biden and his family's financial interests, claimed that Biden received millions through Russia. Joe got $3.5 million through Russia, and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, the president said. You made $3.5 million, Joe. He said the president claims appear to be rooted in the far right conspiracy theories that the business dealings of the former vice president's son, Hunter Biden, were somehow funneling foreign dollars to the vice president and the rest of his family. There's no evidence of wrongdoing on either Biden's part and Biden strenuously denied any foreign revenue streams from the debate stage. Uh, Republicans on the home on the Senate Homeland Security Committee released report resurfacing allegations that Hunter Biden had had foreign business deals that posed potential conflicts of interest with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, considering his father is was the sitting vice president, largely focusing on those optics. The report doesn't say that Hunter Biden's work changed U.S. policy. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates slammed the report as an attack founded on a long disproven hardcore right wing conspiracy theory that Johnson has now explicitly stated he is attempting to exploit to bail out Donald Trump's reelection campaign. One of the main claims about Hunter Biden raised in the GOP report is that he received $3.5 million from a Russian businesswoman. The GOP report says the Russian wired $3.5 to a firm associated with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's lawyer, George Mazaris, told Politico that it was false to say the younger Biden received that money because he has no interest in the firm. Um, the GOP's summary of the port report here in the Biden. Oh, this is just stating where you can find to actually read it. But essentially, there's there is no truth to the story. Um, is a vaccine announcement coming within weeks? That was something that uh, Trump was trying to um, get us to believe. Uh, Trump on Tuesday again offered an overly optimistic assessment of when a vaccine for COVID-19 will be made available. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks. It's going to be delivered, Trump said Thursday. The Food and Drug Administration released guidelines for COVID-19 vaccine makers stating that the companies would need to track tens of thousands of study participants for at least two months to look for any possible safety issues before the agency could uh, consider authorization. Given uh, the timeline of when phase three clinical trials began, the new guidance indicates that the earliest a COVID-19 vaccine would possibly apply for uh, emergency use uh, EUA would be the end of November. Last week, uh, Pfizer said it was on track to have that data by the third week 
of November and that it would not apply for the EUA before that point. However, the FDA would still need to review the data before granting the EUA. Christian Welker, the debate moderator, asked if the president's statement was a guarantee. Yes, no, it's not a guarantee. It will be distributed by the end of the year, Trump said. So again, not a very um, complete or consistent or concise confirmation um, on what we can expect. Um, is the coronavirus going away? Uh, it will go away, as I say. Uh, we are rounding the turn. We are rounding the corner. It's going away. Trump said, referring to the coronavirus pandemic that's killed more than 224,000 Americans. There's no evidence of this. The U.S. has an uncontrolled outbreak reporting more than 69,000 new COVID cases today. Cases are climbing in most states and the U.S. has more cases than any country with more than 8.3 million and more deaths than any country, recently surpassing 220,000. So we're clearly not rounding any corner as we already covered earlier. Uh, is Trump immune after COVID-19 infection. Trump has said this before and it requires more context. Now they say I'm immune, whether it is for a month or a lifetime, nobody has been able to say, but I'm immune, Trump said Thursday. There is some evidence that coronavirus infections may confer immunity uh, that lasts for a few months after a person has recovered from COVID-19 infection, though research is ongoing. Some infections result in lifelong immunity. Uh, think like something um, like, like chickenpox, uh, while other infections will produce short-term immunity in recovered patients. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, said he believes the coronavirus confers at least some, some short-term immunity. Um, so we do not have, uh, you know, a clear, cons you know, consistent uh, understanding regarding if there's going to be an actual immunity. Um, could Trump deplete Social Security uh, by 2023? Biden suggested Thursday that Trump's policies could bankrupt Social Security. This point needs context. The president is the guy that uh, actually uh, is trying to get rid of Medicare and of Social Security. That if, in fact, he continues to withhold uh, his plan to withhold the tax on Social Security uh, will bankrupt Social Security by 2023, which with no way to make it up, Biden said. The Biden campaign has cited a letter by the Social Security Administration chief, which I do remember when this came out regarding uh, the payroll tax. Um and the Social Security uh, Trust Fund, because, of course, paying into Medicare and paying into Social Security is what allows 
uh, the Social Security Fund to be active and for us to actually uh, participate in drawing it out um, in the event of an accident or in the event of someone's death or in the event of uh, retirement, things, things such as that. Uh, but this is not Trump's current position. And the same letter noted that if Congress mandated the cost of the tax cuts come out of the general fund, as Trump has suggested, then benefits would be essentially unaffected. OK, on August 8th, President Trump said he wanted to make permanent cuts to the payroll tax if reelected. On August 12th, he said his administration will be terminating uh, the payroll tax. The Biden campaign immediately alleged that Trump was arguing for a de facto gutting of Social Security since it is funded by payroll taxes. But the White House quickly clarified that Trump doesn't actually want to eliminate payroll taxes entirely only to permanently forgive four-month payroll tax holiday. Uh, he, he issued via executive order during the coronavirus crisis on August 13th. For example, Press Secretary Kayleigh McAvee told reporters what he was meaning yesterday is that he wants permanent forgiveness and of the deferral. So... Um, and lastly, I wanted to touch on fracking. There's been like a big um, communication, a big makeup about what does Biden believe about fracking? What will his administration do pertaining to fracking? And so I was very glad when the moderator asked a very direct question. OK, so does Biden want a fracking ban? Trump claimed that Biden wants to ban fracking, just like he went at it with fracking. Trump said, if Biden wins, he said, uh, we're gonna have fracking. We're gonna stop. Fra no, we're not going to have fracking. We're going to stop fracking. We're going to stop fracking. Um, then he goes to Pennsylvania after he gets the nomination and he got very lucky to to get it. And he goes to Pennsylvania and he says, oh, we're going to have fracking Trump added. This well-known, well-worn attack against Biden is not true. Although Biden's position on the issue is complicated, Biden has repeatedly said he will not brand, ban fracking. The policies he has released only call for uh, no new fracking on federal lands. His policy also allows for existing fracking on federal lands to continue and existing and and no new fracking on privately owned land to continue. Biden, however, has also called for net zero carbon emissions by 2050, a plan that would include a systematic a systematic departure from the use of fossil fuels, which has implications for fracking. He hasn't explicitly said how or when that move away from fossil fuels would affect fracking. But Trump has used the proposal to tell audiences inaccurately that his opponent wants to ban fracking now. So, um, were clear as far as pertaining to fracking now. All in all, I thought that the debate was good. I thought that uh, Biden, again, was very sharp. He was very concise. 
Um, he was very clear on his plans. Um, he was very clear on his policies. He was very clear on what his vision is for America. You know, comprehensive. Um, he 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 was very clear about who he sees America being and what he wants for America. And he was very unifying in his message. He often states he's running as a Democrat, but he will be an American president. And that is what we need to hear. So whether you vote for him or you don't vote for him, his main goal, his main objective is to bring us together as opposed to the division that we have received from Trump. So I thought that he did very good. I thought he I thought it took immense control and focus to have somebody denigrate and tell lies about your only living son. You know, uh, VP, VP Biden is someone who's experienced a lot of loss in his life. He has lost his he lost his first wife. He lost his first daughter and he's also lost his son. He's experienced a lot of loss. So I would. Imagine as someone who's experienced a lot of loss, he is very protective of his wife and his remaining living children and his grandchildren. I would imagine he's very protective. So to stand there and to hear someone tell utterly complete wild lies pertaining to your child and not take the bait not go down in the gutter, but stick to policy and stick to issues. It, it just really, it just really reminded me of what the presidency is supposed to be and who's supposed to be in the presidency and why we pick the best of the best, the smartest and the brightest to be in those positions. It, it, it just, it really just took me back to the days when America was who the world looked to. So it, I thought he did an exceptional job. I thought he was strong and I, I, I don't think that he could have done any better for, for himself. Uh, Trump was himself. He, he did not speak in, you know, full thoughts or complete sentences. He really didn't outline a plan or a vision or a platform. Uh, he didn't even outline what his goals were uh, for attacking the virus. Um, he, he, he really didn't have anything to say other than to try to do personal attacks um, and, you know, peddle these largely unknown uh, false conspiracy theories regarding uh, Hunter Biden. So, I mean, I don't, he, at this point, we have over 40 million Americans have already voted. Um, huge number of people, um, shattering records for, for early voting, right? Um, most people watching this debate, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, already have either voted or already know who they're going to vote for. Um, but I, I, I think I was appreciative that the debate commission made those changes so that it forced Trump to have to stay in line. Um, and it didn't allow him the room, uh, that he had at the first debate to just control everything and just act, um, just act, act out. 
So I was appreciative of, of that. But all, all in all, I thought the debate was wonderful. And I thought uh, Biden's handling of it was masterful. So I, I, I know that this synopsis was a little longer than they normally go, but I, I really, there was so much that we had to kind of tackle. Um, I didn't want to shortchange you on any of um, those really important uh, policies. And I really wanted to make sure because there were so many um, lies that were told by Trump, I wanted to make sure to dispel as many of them as I could possibly so that we can all have a true understanding and a well-rounded understanding of um, what was being said so that we can uh, erase uh, fiction and only deal with truth. So I thank you for tuning in to Just the Facts. I am your host, Tashnika Bryant.